We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh! Giannis Antetokounmpo. One second. Middleton. Yes! Middleton. Got it! Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish. I am joined, as always, by the perseverant, don't think that's a real word, but it's 10.30 after a complete slog of a Bucks game. I'm joined, of course, by Rohan Kadi. Rohan, how's it going? Doing well, all things considered. Um, for the second day in a row, we have witnessed a slog is a good way of putting it, like you just said, of a Bucks game. This one was a actual victory by the Milwaukee Bucks. They did end up winning 114-102. It was not a blowout at the hands of the San Antonio Spurs. If you want coverage of that game, we check out our last episode, which, you know, listen to that, you know, drop that a follow. Make sure you're subscribed, as always, so you can get all of these episodes. But yeah, we covered that on the last episode. Not Not great showing. Again, tonight, they did get the W. There's still some issues. Yeah, it seems like the Bucks just aren't super motivated to play some of these teams. I'm going to be really interested to see how they come out against uh, Miami. In my opinion, the last real good team the Bucks will face. Uh, the Indiana Pacers did clinch a play-in spot at least. It's just a play-in spot. They're not going to do better than that. But we'll get to seeding and all of that a little bit later. Talking about this game... Really, I think it started early. Orlando just dominated on the offensive glass. And what's funny is if you look at it post-game, it's actually the Bucks who won the offensive rebounding battle by seven. That's because Bobby Portis had eight offensive rebounds, which I think came on a grand total of like three trips down the floor. Like We call that an Ursan. <laughs> it was truly... Ursan offensive rebound stat padding, just bobbing it to himself over and over. But Mo Wagner gets five for Orlando. Wendell Carter grabs two. Dante Hall grabbed two as well. And really, those in kind of the second and third quarter were keeping the Magic in this. The Magic actually outscore Milwaukee 23-20 to in the third quarter. It really kept it close all the way through. I mean, the Bucks pulled away near the end and made it pretty obvious they were going to win. But 
Orlando definitely was not getting blown out despite a poor shooting night, 10 for 30 from three for the Magic. Although, given the players on the roster, it's probably a pretty average shooting night for this team right now. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the offensive rebounding up front because that was the big glaring issue for Milwaukee when they came out of the gates. You you pointed this out on Twitter as well with some, uh, video, which was nice. Ooh, it was uh, switching it up. <laughs> it was you could see multiple players, multiple seven footers at least in Giannis and Brook, and then you also have whatever three is out there on the court at the same time, and they're just there's three of them there. There's three Milwaukee Bucks players. And then players can just fly in from the Orlando Magic for putbacks. Just wildly uncontested, no box outs. This is what we were talking about in terms of, is this team unserious? That is unserious play. Because one of the most simple things you can do is get a defensive rebound. It seems simple. It's important, but it can be simple. Like, we, we saw tonight what happens when you can't do the simple things. And like you said, they did manage to clean it up a bit. At, at the end, they sort of separated themselves. They're like, okay. But they didn't come out of the gates like that, and that's the issue. Yeah, I think, you know, Giannis separated himself, uh, and then Brooke Lopez and I think Dante DiVincenzo also played quite well in this game. But Giannis, in 32 minutes, puts up 27 points, 12 boards, 5 assists, 3 steals, just 2 turnovers, plus 14 11 for 18 from the field, but 11 for 15 from two, 0 for 3 from deep. <laughs> Three's not falling since those Nets games for Giannis, but I think overall a really good game. And the box score, honestly, not super impressive for Giannis standards, which of course are ridiculously high, but he gets the upstock tonight and the praise from me because he really did put Orlando away in that fourth quarter. He had to sit out a while because he got into foul trouble. He had five personal fouls because, of course, he did. He's Giannis. That's the kind of whistle he gets. But He's playing against Mo Wagner. He was pissed at Mo Wagner. He, Mo Wagner got under his skin. That's Part of the fouls was on him. Like He had some frustration fouls in there. He's got to be a little more in control, I think, because players are going to try and do this. I mean, it doesn't look like the Celtics are going to be a first-round opponent anymore. Again, we'll get to seeding later in the pod. But... Uh, Hopefully, you know, no Marcus Smart, but still, teams are going to try and get under Giannis' skin. He let it happen a little bit in this game, but still was good enough to propel the Bucks to a win, despite the other two members of the big three playing like members of the little three. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But nice. Yeah, it's great, right? Great content there. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's tough. Like, this is the type of stuff you want to see from Giannis. Like, Drew and Chris, they don't really have it going for them. It's it's MVP time. And this is what MVPs do. Like, we've, we've seen this more and more from Giannis this season, especially. He's capable of putting teams away in the fourth quarter. We've seen this against, like, the Sixers. We've seen this against, like, the Nets. I mean, you don't want to have to see it against the Orlando Magic. Uh but they needed it, and he provided. Like, he he showed up when he needed to, and that's really what matters. Like, against a team like Orlando, I don't think I'm offending anyone when I'm saying things like this. Because, I don't think the Magic have fans. Yeah, that's what I, I was trying to avoid saying that up oh, front, but you sorry. just went out and said that. No, it's fine. That's now the point we'll find out for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to do that against Orlando, but they did. And he showed up. That's That's what matters. Yeah, I mean, Drew and Chris go a combined 8 for 30 from the field, 1 for 9 from deep. 
16 points on 30 shots, 7 assists between them. Just not good. Um, I know Chris Middleton, I think all season and maybe even longer than that, has not been great on the second half of these back-to-backs. Just has some legs under him problems. He was 3 for 15. Drew Holiday just kind of looking just, I don't know, not super engaged lately. 5 for 15 for him. He just hit a uh, a minutes escalator or a bonus in his contract to get himself whatever it is, 115K or whatever. I think we went over all this like, 12 pods ago in one of our luxury tax episodes. So go listen to that. It's slightly outdated now, but who cares if you want to know more about Drew Holiday's uh, incentives and bonuses. But it felt to me, and I almost tweeted it, but I almost I don't, didn't want to be too negative. I feel like I feel like I'm negative Bucks guy now, but they're just playing like they don't give a damn. So it's it's hard for me to be fired up about them watching all these games. But I was going to say. Last couple of games, Drew's kind of been playing like he just wants to get to that minutes bonus and then be ready for the playoffs. This Bucks team, I don't know. Most of most of the players outside of I'll say Giannis, Brooke Lopez, who plays the same literally no matter what is happening anywhere. If there was a volcano erupting in front of Brooke Lopez, he would still slowly plod his way into the lane and, and toss up a little hook thing. Be like, why is everyone running away? Come on, this is basketball time. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I'll, I'll give him credit. He is. He is never. Still won't get won. a whistle. He's. He'll still no. get called for a foul, even though it's a clean block, though. Even though all, the volcano's erupting. Yeah. <laughs> is what he is. Yeah. You want to hear something fun about this game in terms of how Milwaukee was absolutely shooting the ball terribly? Uh, so they made eight total threes as a team tonight. That ties their season low. Do you want to know how many times they've made single-digit threes in a game this season? Three? Well, no, this is game five. Oh, this is the fifth time they've done that? Yeah, this is the fifth time. They wow. did it against Chicago in that win in April where it was just awful. Yeah. Uh, they did it against uh, Charlotte. It was just uh, against Philly and in another win. They've done this all in wins, though, which is very impressive. Uh, against Cleveland, they had seven, so it was actually their second lowest. And, you know, against the Lakers, they lost. So they have actually been performing pretty well in these games where they don't shoot the ball very well. I just thought it was interesting. They're not shooting the ball well at all recently as a team. And it it showed tonight. Like, you get cold. It's the second night of a back-to-back. Maybe this is just one of those games. It's the Orlando Magic. It's the slog. It's the end of the season. Sure. Yeah, and it's that nice I can that they pulled it out. It's nice that they pulled it out. But it's, you know, this game, even results aside, and I forgot I was going to Photoshop a meme that said didn't give up 130 on a little banner uh, and tweet that because they they broke the streak of three straight games giving up 130 or more. But um, <laughs> you know this is this is a lot more forgivable than the Spurs game. You know results aside, just because it's the second night of a back to back against a, a trap team in Orlando and like shots just weren't falling and the effort wasn't where it should have been, but at least it was finally a rest-disadvantaged game, unlike the Spurs game, which, you know, time off should have been a much better effort and just wasn't. So, yeah, I'm not, not nearly as upset, not just because the Bucks do hold off this truly bad Orlando Magic team. Also, the circumstances are different, and it was nice to see, as you mentioned, you know, things not going the Bucks' way, and they still find a way to win. Like, that is... Even though I said results aside, that is worth something. 
Yeah, again, it's like this is the third times in the last like 18 games that they've given up less than 110 points. So you'll take that. You'll take that when you can like 130 points, three games in a row. That's just awful. 400 plus 410, I think, plus points in, in three games. Um, do we have any more takeaways from this? I guess one quick thing. It looked like Jeff Teague was going to be back in the rotation and he just wasn't. It's Teague so Watch. weird. Hashtag Teague Watch. Finally, we have something that I'm inspired to talk about from this game. Teague Watch. Yeah, it scores six points in eight and a half minutes, and then it's just like, okay, yeah, no, no, not anymore. <laughs> like, an offensive rebound, a steal, and a turnover. Six points, as you mentioned. I thought he looked good and spry, and I was like, okay, good. Teague is, is back in the rotation. Nope, eight minutes, like <laughs> under nine minutes, whereas P.J. Tucker plays 20, Portis plays 21, Bryn Forbes only plays 12, which I actually don't necessarily disagree with, two for five. He wasn't off, off. I don't know. I probably could have played a little more too. But you know, Pat Connaughton plays twenty five minutes, and he's one for five from the field again, which feels like the fifth game in a row like that for him. And Teague only gets eight. Yeah, there's something fishy going on. We have a couple. We have a we have a couple more games before the playoffs start. So this is something we'll keep our eye on going forward. But Teague watch, like you said, is a thing. He just he should not be fifth among bench players in minutes. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because Drew's been trying to hit that minutes restriction or that threshold. Minutes, I incentive, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Drew, Drew plays thirty-five. That's thirteen minutes. We've done the math, Rohan. It's forty <laughs> minus X is Jeff Teague's minutes, and X is Drew Holiday's minutes. It was only thirteen tonight, and we're still not. But how it. are you going to develop Dante into a point guard if you can't, <laughs> if you can't play him at point guard time? Future okay, Sacramento that's... King Dante DiVincenzo can develop next year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Who are they trading him to the Kings for this time? Uh, Buddy uh, Heald? I hope not. I I have a Kings friend, and he's like, dude, get Buddy Heald out of here. I'm I'm over it. I'm over it. Um, there was so, one good asset on that Kings team, and they're no longer there. Well, there's other good well, assets. Well, tradable, tradable, tradable. Yeah, they're untouchable. Yeah. I mean, give me Tyree. Tyree Halliburton on this oh, team. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dear oh. Fox. Like, oh, yeah, Fox, too, but. It'd get bring bring Wisconsin's own Tyrese Halliburton home someday. Yeah. Uh, we'll start the jersey picks in a few years. Should we move to uh, to standing seedings? Watch. 
Let's do it. So we do have some updates since our last recording, which was Monday. Yeah, 24 <laughs> hours ago. So the Miami Heat, as we predicted, did beat the Boston Celtics as we're recording this on Tuesday, which means that Miami is guaranteed to be at least sixth in the standings. They have avoided the play-in tournament, and it is looking likely that this will be the first-round opponent for the Bucks. Yeah, so just to quickly do like a, a farther afield overview, I don't know if that was the right way to use that term. Basically now the East playoffs are locked into three groups that aren't going to move anymore. Sixers, Nets, Bucks are group one. The, the Bucks are not falling to four. Obviously, you know, no one can climb higher than one. So that's the first group that's locked in. It's just the order within the groups is still uh, potentially moving. Group two is Knicks, Hawks, Heat. Those three teams can move, but again, none of them are going to be able to catch the Bucks, and none of them will fall, I think, none of them can fall below Boston. Although there's, maybe they could, but Boston would have to win out, and they have, are losers of three straight. So let's assume that that's not happening. And then finally, the play-in group, which is all but set with the Bulls losing to the Nets, Celtics, Hornets, Pacers, Wizards are going to be fighting for seven and eight, which is like truly an uninspiring group. I don't think the East play-in is going to do great ratings this year. But uh, am am I correct that I messed something up? I I believe that's pretty much what we're looking at from here on out. No, you you got that right. Like the Pacers and the Hornets both clinched a spot in at least the play-in tournament tonight. Like you said, Chicago's basically out of it. I think the Wizards' magic number to clinch 10 is one, right? Them versus the Bulls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just one Bulls loss or one Wizards win the rest of the way guarantees that the Wizards are... there's a chance. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But the way the (laughs) Wizards are playing, and I don't know, like, Bradley Beal's going to come back. Do the Wizards play the Warriors soon? That'd be iconic. Uh, Oh, I need that. I need that. I need need, uh, Bazemore versus... Um, Beal for sure. That'd be that'd be incredible. Just incredible content for Brad the Beal. Just if you have an issue with someone, just ask them, and he did it. Listen, Brad Beal is known for a lot of things. He's not known for not voicing his opinion on other people's opinions of him. For sure, Brad Beal to the Bucks, please. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they don't, like they don't said, play again. By the way, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, the Wizards are probably the most scary team in that play-in group. Like, the Celtics without Jalen aren't scary at all, in my opinion. I guess you could say because they have the best player out of the group and Tatum, but yeah, I don't know. The Hornets will be fun. LaMelo. Do they have, is, is Hayward? Is, what's up with Hayward? Do we know? Hayward's not back yet. I don't know if he's been officially mm-hmm. ruled out, but he's basically ruled out. Yeah. Something. Something like that. But regardless, it's going to be fun with LaMelo in there. Um, yeah, the Pacers don't – they're not an interesting team. And no. they have their own issues. <laughs> and then the second straight year, they're going into the playoffs, a weird playoff situation, knowing they're going to have to fire a guy named Nate no matter what. What kind of an organization is this? Oh, yeah, they went from Nate to Nate, didn't they? Yes, and both of them – because remember, I I felt like – you know, I didn't think Nate McMillan got fired because of the playoff series last year. Like, they pretty much had to have had their minds made up, at least to a certain extent, heading into the bubble, given that Oladipo was, like, barely ambulatory. And now, again, we're here. It's Groundhog Day in Indiana where 
Heading into the playoffs, some guy named Nate is getting fired no matter what. We're back. Greg Foster's getting into fights with players. <laughs> like, shout out to Greg Foster. Goga Batazde? Yeah. You're telling Greg Foster to sit the F down? What is – I almost wish we did a Pacers pod. I don't know what the hell is going on over there. <gasps> oh, it's incredible. It's incredible. But, but yeah, the, getting back to the tiers, the tiers – the. The play-in tournament is not going to be very interesting whatsoever. Uh, in fact, like we mentioned last episode, that should be should have been motivation for the Bucks to, you know, get into that two seed and not, you know, just absolutely uh, put up a stinker against San Antonio. But that's neither here nor there. Listen to the last episode again. Uh, yeah, so the four, five, six is where this really gets sort of interesting. Correct. So... Because the Knicks lost in overtime to the Lakers on Tuesday night, they now fall all the way to sixth. So can you walk us through? There is some complicated tiebreaker scenarios for these three teams, whether it's two of them tied or all three. And right now, all three are tied. Because the way it works is that in those three teams, uh, Atlanta, Miami, New York, Atlanta has the tiebreaker over Miami. Miami has the tiebreaker over New York. And if there is a three-way tie, it would go Atlanta, then Miami, then New York. So if you're of the mindset that the Milwaukee Bucks should be avoiding the Miami Heat at all costs in those three teams, which I would find myself a member of that club, you know, like of that mindset, I should say, you are rooting for the Knicks to lose, even though we just raved about how they're such a fun, feel-good story <laughs> last episode. But yeah, you want them to lose. You want the Hawks to win. It's, that, that's what you should be going for. Because the ideal situation for the Bucks is ending up with a non-Miami team out of those three teams in six, if the Bucks are third. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch how this thing plays out. We, we I think we we've made it pretty clear. Um, give the give us the easiest path, which is yes. probably not Miami in the first round. Although it does feel like we're getting closer to that. There's still a lot of room for this super tie to happen, or for a different. I mean, it's almost for sure that two of these teams are going to be tied. I guess not. Not. Doesn't have to happen that way, but probably will. Um, so there's still, you know, I'm almost maybe Giannis was right to just say we're not worried about this standing. So I feel like we're driving ourselves crazy trying to pencil in whatever the most likely scenario is every day, and then everything changes again. I can't even keep up with it, Rohan. Yeah, it's really tough, especially because the uh, the last day of the season is going to be so intense. Which, by the way, uh, we did it. the end. The NBA has been bullied into making night games a thing, so it's not just every game jam-packed into a noon to 3.30 schedule, which would have just been horrendous. Horrendous. But Miami, New York, like, uh, I believe Atlanta? Yeah, they all play on Sunday, and the Bucks do as well. Does everyone play Sunday? I believe so. I think every team I could be wrong about that. Don't hold me to that. Well, at least those four teams play on yeah. Sunday. So there can be no jockeying of position, realistically, because you're not going to know results. So let's just say that there's a possibility that Milwaukee gets into two, which there is. There's a real possibility yeah, that Milwaukee say, still can be the two seed. Yeah. Miami can still end up, uh, you know, not 
it's not going to matter. So if they're in the six seed, it doesn't matter because they can't be in the play-in anymore. And if the Bucks are the two seed, they get uh, the winner, quote-unquote winner, of whatever the heck this play-in tournament is going to be. Uh, it's probably the Celtics and someone. The someone is TBD. Yeah, so whoever out of the 7-8 matchup wins that game, basically is going to be the box opponent if they're the two seed. Basically, I'm going to, I'm trying to say that the winner of seven, eight is the seven seed. That's what yes. I'm trying to say. This is, oh, this is so much. Um, but there's just, there's so much jockeying for position that could occur, but it just can't occur because these teams could be playing at the same time. Yeah. No, yeah, it's a good point. I guess we'll see how the, the order of games shakes out. I would guess the NBA tries to, put the ones that are really going to matter last, but there's, I'm guessing it's probably going to be playing potential games end up being the most important. I would think we'll see, but I'm guessing given that the NBA is obsessed with this new weird play in, they will uh, heavily try to feature that. But the, uh, it's interesting to just look ahead and see who everyone is playing though. Like the Hawks get the wizards and then the magic. So that's a back to back for them. And then they don't play again until that last day when they play the Rockets. So pretty easy schedule for the Hawks. So that is interesting. I think if you're cheering for the Bucks to have the easiest path and avoid Miami, you want the Hawks to do well, right? I think that's your best case scenario because then either if the Heat just overtake the Knicks in record or tie them in record, then the Knicks end up in six, which I know – We'd raved that they're a feel-good story, good team, all this. The Bucks have done well against the Knicks. They've done well against Julius Randle. I just I don't think they're as equipped as Miami to pose a real problem. So the Hawks doing well over these last few games. Enemy of the show, Bogdan Bogdanovich playing really well. And his team, is he hurt again? I don't think so. Um, him playing super well. Let's get the Hawks up as long as it's not. Yeah, I think the Hawks winning is always good. I don't think there's any scenario where them losing is good. You, what you don't want is Knicks and then Hawks heat because then the Bucks are going to get the heat. Yeah, I guess the only situation is if uh, the heat could somehow overtake the Hawks in the standings. Yeah, that's fair. So then Atlanta would be the lower seed. But even then, I don't want that. I don't want uh, the Hawks to light up the Bucks again in the playoffs. I will say, if it is Bucks knicks in the playoffs in the first round, they might actually not be on NBA TV. I was going to say, at least we'll get like actual game times instead of like, oh, the Bucks are playing game five, one fifteen central time. Yeah, and there's gonna like no one can watch the game because it's on like ESPN Deportes or something. Like, <laughs> do you know what I thought of the other day? How come ESPN three isn't called three SPN? I'm genuinely shook. <laughs> right? No. What? 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 Why? Three like, SPN? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to tweet this. I'm glad I didn't based on your reaction. Let's talk about the, the top cluster. We talked about the other two already. The Bucks, Let's so talk the Bucks, about the top three SPN. <laughs> three SPN. So the Bucks will either get the worst of the middle cluster or the best of the bottom cluster, at least top and, and bottom of them, depending on if they can move up to two or X or one or not. Um, so the Nets are one and a half games up. The easiest way to think about this is – if the Nets don't lose again, the Bucks are three. 
if the Nets lose again, the Bucks need to win out. If the Nets lose twice, the Bucks can lose once, etc. The, they need to just get tied with Brooklyn to steal two back. And one seed we can make very easy and get through very quickly. If the Bucks lose or the Sixers win, it's over. But if neither of those things happens again, somehow the Bucks could be the one seed, which would be a lot of fun after all our consternation over the last few weeks about them not being able to do it, or at least probably not being able to do it. But at least for one more night, the dream is not quite dead. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like in a game where uh, Ben Simmons is playing, given there's no Joel Embiid playing for the Sixers against the Pacers. I was told I, by Sixers Twitter, availability is not a skill and it's fine if he doesn't play. Doesn't matter at all. I was told uh, by Sixers Twitter that Ben Simmons is your best player can actually win you games. Basically Giannis, except better, I think. Yeah. I mean, when, you can, when you're the featured player and you can put up 20 points on 16 shots and be a team low minus 18, like, you got to do it. That's a ton of shots for him. I bet he hated that. Yep. In 37 minutes as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, uh, but, yeah. Like the the Sixers, they have it's it's not a really difficult schedule. <laughs> they have the Heat, and then they have the Magic, and then they have the Magic. They're gonna win a game. I are, recognize are, are, aren't both the Magic games at home too. Yes, come on. That's yeah. not, what who what they really and they got to make the schedule at half at a time, and the best they could come up with for this Sixers and locked in a race with Brooklyn and Milwaukee in the second half of the season was, I don't know, Orlando twice and they're in Philly for both. What kind of a stupid ending is that? All of these really, like, they got to make them a half at a time and they had two Bucks, two Bucks games for Philly, two Bucks games for Brooklyn. I'm not sure if Philly or Brooklyn played each other at all. And they come up with the Bucks get the Heat and the Bulls the Sixers get Orlando, Orlando, and Brooklyn gets Chicago, Cleveland. They got to draw this up around the All-Star break. They knew yep. what the seedings were. Why is this the end? This is so stupid. I I did not think of this at that point in terms of like, oh, they knew what the standings were. They, while they, were, they were like, what, what should Brooklyn's last four be as they fight to see who's going to be the top three seeds? I don't know. Chicago, San Antonio, Chicago, Cleveland. That sounds like fun. Come on. Man, like – Imagine if they did those Bucks Nets games at the end of the season. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it could have been so cool. Like I feel like the NFL is always good at this. I mean, they get to cheat because they have their divisions actually like matter. But I feel like you know the NFL finds ways to get good games on the last. Yeah, they just day they just the put like the two best teams of the division in the last game of the season. Or, yeah, or at least the two that hate each other the most. Like, what's the yeah. best game on this last day of the calendar? Uh, They're almost see. all terrible. Lakers, Pelicans, Nuggets, Blazers, maybe. Although that that no, they're too far. Right. They're too far behind in the standings. The Nuggets, uh, the Nuggets and Blazers are too far separated. Well, yeah, I mean they're not going to overtake each other. But I mean, look at the look at the field, man. Yeah, I'm looking at this it's right terrible. now. Like a Grizzlies, Horn, Warriors, Hornets, Wizards, it. Hornets, Wizards, play in potential. No. Pacers, Raptors, like Red, Suns, no, Raptors Spartan. are done. Yeah. Like, pretty much every good team or every playoff team is up against an absolutely abysmal team. And I don't know if the thought was, like... Celtics-Knicks? Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, it's probably going to end up being... that. That's probably... It's going to be up there. So, the best game 
on their closing day that they're making this big hullabaloo is either Lakers, Pelicans, Celtics, Knicks, or it's probably Grizzlies, Warriors, honestly. They might be real playing. Although they're so close to each other, I don't know if it's really going to matter by then. It's just like... I think the tiebreaker comes down to that final game. Well, they're going to be playing anyway, right? Yeah. Is it just who hosts it? I guess. Oh no! Oh, they, they! Oh no! No! no. If the Lakers are stuck in seventh, that could be for the top half of the play-in. So yeah, that could be. That's probably going to be it. Yeah, that's it. That's the that's the marquee game. Otherwise, you can tune into Celtics next when the Celtics will probably have seven wrapped up and not even play anybody, and Julius Randle can put up seventy points or something. That'd be honestly fun to watch, though. I just like the Bucks are going to be fighting for the second seed, and they're going to be taking on the Bulls the same day that the Nets play the Cavs. Like, I don't know if they tried to make it watchable by sticking the unwatchable teams on the really good teams, but I just don't think at this point That's in the not season how it really works. If it's you're going to do, yeah. if you're going to do it, you got to you got to sacrifice half the games if that's what you're doing. Because you got to put all the bad teams against the bad teams. Yes. Even then, you can get into like lottery position and like which team is going to outlose this team, sort of thing. Take off. <laughs> yeah, it's a takeoff at the final day. We've avoided that for the final weeks. Final day take off. That would be incredible. And then good team against good team. This really isn't that difficult. NBA hire us. It's ridiculous. But that, that, there's my rant for the pod. Everyone came in expecting a Bucks rant or some sort of other rant. Not even a play-in format rant and an end-of-season scheduling rant. That's a new one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is huge. So basically, the Bucks still have an avenue to get to one. Uh, is it realistic? No. no. Do they have they have an avenue to get to two? Is it realistic? More realistic more, more than so. one. Yeah. They are most likely the three seed in this situation. However, their opponents as the three seed, assuming they're the three seed, is up for grabs. Realistically, they could be it could be the Knicks or the Heat, realistically, one of those two teams. Preferably, if you're Milwaukee, you want to play the Knicks rather than the Heat. And let's let's just talk about this for a little bit here. Mindset. So we've had quotes from Giannis like post game and stuff, uh interviews with reporters, and it's just like it doesn't matter what seed we are. It really doesn't. He said this, that that's how the team mentality is. It doesn't matter what seed, what seed we are, who we're playing in the first round. It does a little bit. It should it should matter a little bit. Like you mentioned this, I've mentioned this. You want the easiest path possible for a title. You want to give yourself the best statistical odds to go win the damn thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that people are going to disagree and, you know, want to see them prove it or whatever, and that's fine. But I think at the end of the day, what really makes it sound silly to me is, like, what do you – like, it's not – like, I think it would be – I could see disagreeing with that point and and us in a more broad sense would be a lot more palatable to me if we were suggesting the Bucks should lose games to try and avoid Miami. But that is not what we're suggesting. See, like that's, we're just not about that. So I think our, in, in order, in our hierarchy of thinking on this is like, number one, don't piss off the basketball gods slash get ready for the playoffs by playing well. And if you play well, whatever happens, happens. That's fine. I think the, the confluence of the Bucks not playing well since the, the Brooklyn games and seeming to just not care that they 
could control their seeding destiny in a very positive way while also playing well. Like, even if, even if they didn't care about seeding, like, right, theoretically, if they didn't care at all, it could not matter and they could still end up with a much better seed and we would be pleased because if they had just played well for the last week, the seeding would have worked out better for them. And I think that's why it's extra annoying. So we're not saying do anything to avoid Miami, including like tanking games on purpose. We're saying just play well. And in the situation that they're in, that also happens to be great for seeding because being two right now just is a whole lot better than being three. Although, you know, Miami could end up not playing the team in three, but still getting home court in the Brooklyn-Milwaukee series that is probably 2-3 is, like, a very nice thing. For sure. Like, it's the best of both worlds. You get to see tune-up as they prepare for the playoffs. You get to see them sort of hit their stride. And you also get better positioning. <laughs> like, you get yeah. you get home court uh, in more uh, more further into the playoffs, I'm trying to say here. Uh, and you just you're getting a better look at your team. There's no real downside to that. You could say, like, oh, it's building a better story for the playoffs. Like, sure, but you're also having the potential of an even worse story. Like, sure, you could say, like, oh, if the Bucks go through the heat and then the the Nets and then the Sixers slash Knicks. Uh, I'm not going to say just for the <laughs> uh, to win To go to the finals and then beat whoever. I can't. I'm not even going to say who's coming out of the West. There's yeah, no idea. No, no yeah. idea whatsoever. Um Sure, that would be a good story if it happens, you know. (laughs) You could also be writing the story, wow, the Bucks after acquiring Drew Holiday going all in, Giannis signing a Supermax, and they lose in the first round. And they're still not firing, bud. Oh, boy. Oh boy. It's like, oh, I can already see the, I can already see the headlines. Bucks get progressively worse three years in a row. Conference final, second round, first round exit. Like, why, do you, why would you want a better chance of that happening? Yeah, I mean, I'm not I mean, saying it's going to happen. No, I know. I'm I, not. I don't think it would happen regardless of the matchup. Yeah. Like, even if they play Miami, I still think Milwaukee wins that. But there's less of a chance they win that yes. compared to like a Knicks matchup. I I agree. I agree with that point. Or like entirely. a Celtics matchup. That's sort of like this current version of the Celtics. Like if they move up to two. If yeah, if you get that two seed, it's like you can just damn near start focusing on Brooklyn at that point. Um, can we give a, a TLDR on like what people should look for with, with like seeding and and implications and everything going forward? I feel like that'd be a helpful way to end the pod. Sure. So basically, for the last couple games, if you're watching for Philly, you want them to lose every single game. Yes. If you're watching for Brooklyn, you want them to lose. At least one game. Preferably Milwaukee. Two, but yeah, yeah. You need them at to least, lose at least one. At least one. Milwaukee should see zero losses the rest of the way. And if you're looking in the middle of the pack of the Eastern Conference, you would like to see the Hawks winning. You would like to see, theoretically, uh, the Heat winning and yes. then the Knicks losing. Yes. Yes. That's that's the optimal result, and we do not care about seven or worse. It literally does not. No, matter. it does not matter. Um, and you can they get comp- like just trounced by the Hornets or something. <laughs> just Why so did I unbelievable. Why did I say that? Um, and you so basically, if you want to think about it even simpler, like you can ignore Philly if they win or the Bucks lose again because their games just don't matter anymore. And 
Brooklyn will probably matter. Brooklyn and Milwaukee are the ones that are really going to matter, I think, for the rest of the way. But it could, like another Nets win and Bucks loss makes that thing pretty un- untenable. Hopefully we don't see that within like a day or Essentially two. impossible. Yeah, it'd be it'd be just, it might be actually done by then, quite honestly, yeah, um, with, the, with so few games left. So um, the Bucks really have a, a tight margin there for two. It's still possible. And yeah, like four, the Bucks, five, they, they cannot lose another game. Yeah. Un- unless Brooklyn, unless Brooklyn really slides. And I think yeah. Kyrie is having now some difficulties, but James Harden might come Put back. And yeah, Harden's they, coming They back. have, like, this revolving door. See, it's, it's – And plus, they have such an easy schedule. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be tough even with even with all the, the stuff going on there. And, yeah, you just – Heat wins, Knicks losses. Really, uh, as the only way they see Miami is if the Knicks are in four, Right. The only way, the only way, yeah. if, they, if the Bucks are in three, the only way they see Miami, I think, is if the Knicks remain in four. I don't think there's any way the Knicks could be fifth or lower and they see Miami, but I might be wrong about that. Unless the Knicks just have, unless the records shake out and the, oh, Atlanta yeah, has an outright better record than the Knicks, who has an outright better record yes. than Miami. That's but a, if they a, are tied in those standings, it is impossible. Because the Heat have the tiebreaker over the Knicks, and the Hawks have the tiebreaker over the Heat. Yeah. So, and in a in the event of a three way tie, they'd be uh, Knicks. Yeah, Knicks would be the six seed, and Atlanta would be the four with Miami. And, and the, the Heat would go to the second round, is what you're telling me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Watch Atlanta beat the Heat in like four. That'd be amazing. I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll see. We'll continue to watch the seedings shake out. As the Bucks progress through, and there is one other team. Actually, no, there's not. There's no other teams the Bucks need to watch. Something was clinched recently, Rohan. This was pointed out to me on Twitter by Adam Capel, a great Twitter follow. Just high-volume, good content reply. Yeah, no, can't say anything bad. I, I What was clinched? The Bucks clinched pick 31. Did they? Houston is three and a half games worse than Detroit. With three games to play for just about everybody, I think it was closer for a second there. It would have been came up to a coin flip, but now I believe, no matter what, the Rockets will end with a worse record than the Detroit Pistons or the Magic Numbers one. But I think it's now clinched, so the Bucks will have the first pick in the second round of the NBA draft. A monumentous coup. For Milwaukee, that is set in stone. It doesn't matter about the lottery or anything else. That is a it's a bright spot. You want positivity okay. from the Eurostep? There you go. Yeah. So the PJ Tucker trade is officially completed. I guess. I think it's about just about yeah. yeah. So basically, uh, to some of that trade, uh, the Bucks got off the DJ Augustine contract, managed to get PJ Tucker, and the only cost was sliding down six spots. That's wild. Six-ish spots. The Bucks thing isn't locked in, like six-ish spots. Yeah, the Rockets only have three games to go, and they have 16 wins this season. Detroit has 20. So book it. The the Rockets team. The Rockets and one of them is against the Bucks. (laughs) (laughs) KPJ with the 50-burger, baby, and they scored 130 in a loss to the Bucks. What a world we live in. But – it worked out. I was actually thinking that. Like, imagine if that, that Houston win ended up costing the Bucks the second-round pick status. Doesn't end up mattering. 
the Bucks will have pick 31. So I, I had that on one of my like standings watch as we go forward here. Like, oh, we need Houston to lose. Doesn't matter anymore. Does not matter what Houston does. 31st pick coming to Milwaukee. Okay, I think that's a perfect way to put a bow on the standings talk here and this episode of the Eurocept. So if you are enjoying this content, you know, this is we're, we're, we're hustling out here for you guys. So if you do enjoy, make sure to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Leave a rating if you are on Apple. If you're not on Apple, go create an account. You know how to do it. Listen to me. You know how to do it. Just do it. <laughs> and then tweet at us. Uh, tweet at Ty Windish, at Arcadia Jr., at Eurostep Podcast. Make sure to give us a follow there as well. Let's get the Eurostep account popping. Follow that account. Popping. Popping. There might it. be news coming soon. Yeah, there might be. Who, Who can knows? Say? Who can say? I mean, we can say. But yeah, but we won't. <laughs> not yet. Um, so, yeah. You want you want to make sure you're following that account. Just just saying. Um, but make sure you're telling all of your family and friends about the show as well. Check out all of the great content across the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Stay safe, everyone, and we will talk to you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.